This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Congress passed with near-unanimous bipartisan support and then President Bill Clinton signed into law the Religious Freedom Restoration Act back in 1993. The law requires the federal government to assume responsibilities protecting religious liberty and its free exercise. But almost from the start, the act had its enemies. There were those who claimed that it violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Others claimed it was exclusionary because it protected faiths that rejected homosexuality and same-sex marriage. Opposition has been growing, especially among the LGBT partisans. Not only has the act been challenged in numerous court cases, elements of Congress have sought to weaken its protections. Most recently, Democratic Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island introduced H.R. 5, which is known as the Equality Act. Among other things, the bill specifically removes religious protections against demands of the LBGT community. As Representative Cicilline said, we cannot allow claims of religious freedom to be used to discriminate against an LGBT individual. The bill is supported by every Democratic member of the House and two Republicans. Should this bill become law, the implications for people of faith are breathtaking. I discussed the Equality Act with Jeff Johnson, public policy analyst for Focus on the Family, on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Yesterday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and the Trump administration announced a new enforcement mechanism designed to expand the executive order to the broadest possible extent regarding funding abortion overseas. Pompeo announced that the U.S. State Department will refuse to work with any foreign non-governmental organization engaged in the abortion business. The State Department will also refuse to fund foreign NGOs that give money to other foreign NGOs engaged in the international abortion industry. This policy will close 90 to 95 percent of the loopholes that allow NGOs to skirt the Mexico City policies prohibitions on taxpayer funding of abortions through foreign aid dollars. According to the announcement, NGOs will have to provide certification to the State Department that they are not involved with abortions. The Pentagon's new transgender policy cleared a final legal hurdle yesterday, meaning new limits on whether troops who identify as other than their biological sex may serve may be implemented within weeks. Yesterday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit removed the last of four court injunctions lower federal courts had issued on the new policy, which had kept the Defense Department from prohibiting forces from serving who experience gender dysphoria, which is a discomfort with one's biological sex or who have already transitioned to their preferred sex. Transgender personnel who are willing to serve according to their biological sex would be allowed to remain in the military. With yesterday's decision and the removal of that last injunction, there is no legal barrier to the government's intent plan to start enforcing the ban as of April the 12th. A U.S. federal court struck down North Carolina's decades-old ban on abortion after 20 weeks of pregnancy, saying that any weak or event-specific abortion ban is unconstitutional. 
The law, which took effect in 1973, only allowed an abortion after 20 weeks in the case of a medical emergency. Pro-abortion groups sued in 2016 after the health exception was further narrowed. U.S. District Judge William Osteen in Greensboro overturned the ban Monday, allowing an abortion to take place at any point before the fetus is viable or able to potentially live outside the womb as determined by a doctor. Pennsylvania's first female Muslim lawmaker in the General Assembly accused a Republican colleague of Islamophobia after she opened a legislative session with a prayer that invoked the name Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are our only hope, State Representative Stephanie Borowitz prayed. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus that you are Lord. Movita Johnson-Harrell, the newly elected Muslim representative who was sworn into office after the prayer, said the prayer was, in her words, highly offensive to me, my guests, and other members of the House. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. This is Всемирные Lutheranские Новости. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Mr. Jeff Johnson, who is an analyst of public policy for Focus on the Family. Good day to you, sir. Good day, Kip. It's good to be with you. Can you tell me a bit about yourself and about your work with Focus on the Family? Sure. Um, I work with Focus on the Family as a culture and policy analyst, which means I do uh, reading and research and writing about social issues that affect family. And uh, the primary issues that I deal with are marriage and homosexuality and gender. And some of that stems from my own background. I grew up in a Christian home, but when I was younger, I struggled with same-sex attractions. And in my 20s, I found out that there were people who had left homosexuality. And so I began a journey of of counseling and support groups and healing prayer that led me out of homosexuality. And then I I worked for a number of years in ministry to to men and women with same-sex attractions who didn't want to identify as gay and they didn't want to live that way. And then eventually ended up here at Focus on the Family where I tell my story about leaving homosexuality and then help explain to people what's going on in the culture so that they're informed and so that they can protect their families and that, so that they can engage in these issues at, a, in, at the cultural level. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, and especially from this angle. I want to talk to you today about H.R. 5, the so-called Equality Act that was introduced into the House of Representatives recently. Uh, Specifically, it's supposed to be aimed at bringing equal treatment for the LBGTQ community. However, (laughs) the implications of this are absolutely frightening. One of the most frightening implications, just looking at it, is this bill has been co-sponsored by 237 members of the House, every Democratic member plus two Republicans, and bearing in mind that only 218 votes are needed to pass it on to the Senate once it's uh, finally debated and and voted on. One of the things that... uh, I find is especially egregious 
in this so-called Equality Act is that it essentially negates the Religious Restoration Act by saying that no longer is a conscience an acceptable defense. That's right. There's been a version of this bill around since the 70s, and then the Democrats have been introducing it every year uh, in the the 90s and, and 2000s. Although they, it's interesting, they didn't pass it when they controlled Congress and the presidency, but, but now they're trying to push it again. What H.R. 5 does, does, does a number of things that are really egregious. The original Civil Rights Act of 1964 outlawed discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. And H.R. 5 redefines sex beyond what most people understand, that sex is male or female, and humans are sexually dimorphic. There's types of humans, men and women. But it it redefines sex in this act to say that it includes a sex stereotype, sexual orientation or gender identity, and a variety of sex characteristics. So it goes way beyond it to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Now, sexual orientation is who you're attracted to or who you engage in relationships with or how you define yourself. And gender identity comes from this ideology that says that there aren't two sexes, male and female, but that there are no real differences between male and female. And it also says that gender is fluid and changeable and that there are an infinite variety of genders. So what this bill would do was it would be to enshrine those things into the law, that you're not allowed to discriminate against anyone on the basis of how they feel who they are on the inside in terms of a gender. And then you're right. It takes the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was passed, uh, which Congress passed in the 90s. The U.S. Supreme Court had lowered the standard of protections that were allowed to people based on religious liberty in the 90s. And so Congress passed this act to restore religious freedom. And this, this act, this Civil Rights Act, supposedly, says that you couldn't use that act to protect yourself. You couldn't pr- say, this is part of my religion, this is what I believe, these are my deeply held faith views. And it negates that. So it takes away religious freedom from Christians, and it basically says everything we believe is discriminatory and should be outlawed. Well, there's a lot of fallout in here, and I've read the bill several times, and it has some, of course, legalese and convoluted language, and I know that you've spent some time unpacking it. Yeah. Uh, But a number of the things here that I'm seeing is that... uh, For example, it says that venues that provide weddings or where they are celebrated, including churches, would be forced to open their facilities to same-sex weddings or LBGT events. The LCMS, we could not do this, period. It is against everything we stand for. That's right. It it takes your faith, which which isn't, you know, it's not just faith. It's, It's basic biology that were created male and female, and that there are real biological male-female differences. And it says that your beliefs about men and women, and that marriage should be the union of a man and a woman, things that um, most cultures around the world have practiced and believed for, for centuries, for millennia, it says that those things are discriminatory and that you shouldn't be allowed to run your church or business or public venue based on your faith. 
And so we've already seen some cases where where florists and wedding venue owners and bakers have uh, come under fire when states have passed non-discrimination laws like this Equality Act. And now we would be seeing this enacted on a federal level. So it would cover everybody in the U.S. that that is under federal law and would not allow you to practice your faith according to what you believe about God's design for marriage and for humanity. Well, to put it in uh, in perspective, just on a state level, the state of Michigan just last week uh, decided that it no longer was going to use faith-based agencies to place children for adoption. Now, Catholic Services, and I believe it's Bethany Christian, which operated up in Michigan, have managed to place between 25 and 30 percent of all the children that are up for adoption. They've been able to place them. Now, this, they won't be able to do it anymore. So again, right. it, 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 in, in boosting the LBGT agenda, they are punishing children. That's right. Every time states have passed uh, laws privileging uh, sexual orientation and gender identity, sometimes we call these SOGI laws, uh, sexual orientation and gender identity, every time they've done that, it has affected faith-based groups, including, as you stated, adoption agencies. So in Massachusetts and Illinois, faith-based adoption agencies that that place a lot of kids in homes with a a loving mother and father have been forced to shut down because the state will no longer work with them and the state will no longer allow them to place kids in families, only families where there's a mom and a dad. And so it 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 shuts down adoption agencies. Another area that's impacted is, is education. In Pennsylvania recently, a girl went to change her clothes in a locker room and realized that there's a, a boy who identifies as a girl standing there in the locker room staring at her while she's getting changed. And the bill explicitly states that individuals won't be denied access to a shared facility, including restrooms, locker rooms, or dressing rooms, as long as that it's in accordance with who they believe they are on the inside. So you have students now filing lawsuits against their schools for exposing them to the opposite sex, somebody of the opposite sex, who you know, a boy who believes he's a girl or a girl who believes she's a boy. And so we're going to see more and more cases like that as in education, as dressing rooms and locker rooms are opened up to the opposite sex. Also, uh, we've seen examples now of uh, men who claim they are women now joining women's sports and uh, just... <laughs> because of the different musculature between men and women, it gives it gives these men an advantage in the sports. Exactly, exactly. Um, it, it, testosterone changes everything for a guy. Uh, his bone density, his uh, the amount of muscle mass he have the has the kind of muscles he has, and so um, we've seen in different states where boys who identify as girls or believe they are girls are, are uh, running track against girls and breaking all kinds of records because they're guys. The, their hips are built differently. They run differently. And, of course, the, the, you know, the best guys in those states are able to outpace the girls. And it's denying girls access to, to medals and scholarships and, and things that they've worked years to achieve. So suddenly, a guy who believes he's a girl says, I'm going to run with the girls. And, and destroys them in the competition. In Connecticut, I think it was the 100-yard dash, uh, two boys won the last couple years in a row there. 
and the state allows it because it has SOGI protections, sexual orientation and gender identity protections. Well, also, I'm reading in the bill that uh, public school curriculum now will be forced to teach about LBGTQ, and including the, the pronoun nonsense that's been going on, but also that H.R. 5 might will impose these same things on both private and religious schools as well as public. I, I think that would be true. If your school takes any federal funds, if this bill were to pass, it would be subject to the SOGI Non-Discrimination Act. And so if, if your school gets any money, whether it's public or private, it would have to abide by this, where you wouldn't be allowed to dis- supposedly discriminate, and, and you would be required then at that point to teach about LGBT issues. And, and we're seeing this already. Recently in Colorado, school kids in elementary school um, up in Boulder were taken to a musical production called Raven's True Self, and it was about a little bird, a raven, a female bird who believes she's a male. And so these these kids are watching a musical about a transgender-identified bird. And they were also shown YouTube videos and, and instructed that it's not your body that says what you are, it's who you be- believe you are on the inside. And in California and Illinois and New Jersey, we're seeing this across the nation where states are requiring that children be taught about sexual orientation and gender identity, even as young as kindergarten. In California, the new proposed curriculum has what they call a gender wheel, and it has these different facets, and you you turn it, and kindergartners are supposed to be able to use this to determine who they are, what gender they are. So they look at their body and their interests and then how they identify and they spin these wheels around and it's supposed to tell them who they are. So kids are already being indoctrinated into this gender ideology. And if something like this were to pass at the federal level, we would be seeing more of that across the nation. You're absolutely right. And uh, parents do not have a lot of say in this? Well, in some cases, if it, it would depend on the school district. Some school districts allow parents to opt out if the topic is health or um, sex education. But if this is occurring in the general course of the curriculum, a lot of times parents aren't even allowed an opt-out. And we're seeing in some states where they're encroaching on homeschoolers and charter schools and, and private schools and trying to include this into the, those curriculums as well. One other thing that we're seeing here, again, as part of this bill, you know, we've all been following the case of uh, Jack Phillips, the uh, cake artist in Colorado, who has declined to bake cakes expressing beliefs that he doesn't have, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's Satanism, whether it's alcohol use. He simply won't do it. And uh, he won a limited victory, I would say, within the Supreme Court. Uh, there's still a lot that needs to be said on this. However, looking at the, uh, the H.R. 5, it specifically says an establishment, what do they call an establishment, or an individual whose operations affect commerce and who is a provider of goods services program and is not limited to a physical facility or place. In other words, if he bakes the cake off off um, you know off uh, not within it not within his his facility or if he takes uh, any kind of a design over the phone things like that 
this this is could be a devastating thing. I mean, it would completely completely outlaw any Christian objections to anything from Satanism to uh, to transsexuality. That's right. It takes basic beliefs that we have, and and these aren't just beliefs; these are truths rooted in biology and in sociology and biblical truth as well. All of these are truths, and it says these things would now be discriminatory. And so if you're involved in any kind of commerce, like you said, whether it's baking cakes or producing flowers, uh, floral arrangements for a wedding or providing wedding venues, this bill would say you're not allowed to supposedly discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or gender, gender identity. So deeply held truths are now called discrimination. So people like uh, Jack Phillips, Baronel Stutzman, the florist in Washington, the, the, the group in, in Oregon, Sweet Cakes by Melissa, groups like that, they are individuals like that who are in the marketplace, but they're also trying to abide by their faith and their deeply held beliefs would no longer be allowed to do so when it comes up against sexual orientation and gender identity. So the bill basically places a modern ideology about sexual orientation and gender identity above religious freedom and freedom of speech. I think that we're also seeing uh, a, a hardening of the attitude, at least on the, on the left, uh, that they are going to push this and they are going to punish people who don't go along with what they say. Is this perception of mine correct, or, or am I just being paranoid? No, I, you know, I, I follow this stuff all the time, and so sometimes I'll ask friends who are uh, a little bit outside of it and maybe have a little different viewpoint. I'll say, you know, this, this is coming so fast and furious. Is it just me? And they say, no, no, we're seeing the same thing, too, that what we believe about marriage, about male and female, about um, how God created us to be, is now being cast by elites in the academic world and in politics and entertainment as something that shouldn't even be discussed in public. So, you know, Chick-fil-A, the president, Dan Cathy, I think it was six or eight years ago, said that he believed that marriage was the union of a husband and wife, something that most societies, all societies, have believed over the centuries throughout all time. So he said marriage is between a husband and wife, and in the eyes of the LGBT community, that painted him as a a bigot and discriminatory. So just this last week, the San Antonio City Council said, we're not going to have Chick-fil-A at our airport because of what their president believes about marriage. And also, um, Dan Cathy, through their organization, their charitable organization, Windshape, they give money to groups like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Well, because they believe what the Bible says about sexuality and how we should steward our sexuality, they're now discriminatory. And so Chick-fil-A gets painted as a discriminatory organization. And I believe that's happening more and more with Christians, with just our normal Christian faith, where we're being painted as bigots and intolerant. And that's happening more and more across the board. I think you're absolutely right. And it's really a concept of thought crime, I think, more than anything else. For example, with Chick-fil-A that you raised, Chick-fil-A serves anyone. 
no one is, is discriminated against from going into the restaurant and getting whatever food they want, or in hiring, I would add. LBGTQ people can be hired by Chick-fil-A. There's no ban against them. That's right. You know, nobody asks you when you go to order a, a chicken sandwich, um, who are you attracted to, or how do you identify, or what kind of relationship are you, and nobody does that. But it's because Dan Cathy believes what he does about marriage and, and his public statement of that six or eight years ago that Chick-fil-A has been shut out of different schools, out of different cities, and now out of an airport in San Antonio. Sometimes even when the students vote to have Chick-fil-A be one of the, the, the vendors on their campus, college elites, the student government, or the, the, the college board will say, no, we're not going to have them on campus because they're bigoted and intolerant. So basic Christian beliefs about life, marriage, sexuality, male and female, are being painted as uh, intolerant and bigoted. So they become exclusionary all in the name of inclusion. Yes. It's, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? That we're gonna, <laughs> no. uh, because we're, <laughs> we're intolerant, we're going to exclude you. <laughs> but I've, I've actually seen statements like that where they say, yes, yes, because we're tolerant, we will exclude you. Okay. Well, so we're at the uh, end of the program, now, end of our time. Do you have any observations or advice for the audience on what the situation is and how we can protect ourselves? Well, I think this will probably pass the House, H.R. 5. I don't believe that it will pass the Senate, but we need to continue to speak the truth about it. Those in leadership, uh, political leadership, need to continue to hear our voices. And, and we used to say, here at Folks on the Family, we used to encourage people to speak the truth in love, and we still do that. But we also, uh, more recently, I've been sp- saying, speak wisely and and be courageous about this as well. Uh, we need to encourage one another to speak the truth in love courageously and wisely at the, at the appropriate time and, and to be careful about our tone as we do this. And then because the House flipped from one party to the other, that's why this bill is being pushed forward. And so we know elections have consequences. And we encourage Christians to engage in the public square. And we have different resources on our website to help explain these issues in more detail and to move people toward engagement in these cultural and political issues. Mr. Johnson, I want to thank you so much for appearing on the program and discussing this very important issue and hopefully opening our eyes and telling us what we can do about it. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on the broadcast. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.